Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pursuit of Love podcast. Yes, it is Episodes. a podcast. It's yeah, a podcast. Was, for a second, then I almost went into like you know classic, you know Monday motivation record breakers. It literally just felt like I was diving into a completely different content piece there. So I had to remember where where I am, who I am, who I am, why I'm here, and why you, <laughs> and why you, why are you here? Is the ultimate question. <laughs> oh, it is a it is a podcast. Welcome to the Pursuit of Love podcast, episode sixty three, with another guest. We've pulled it off again, lads. I'm here, of course, with our good friend, operations director, legend of a guy, Diff Crowther. How are you, mate? Good, good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to continuing part two of the knife edge conversation that we're having mm-hmm. last week. Uh, and of course, I'm here with my uh, my good mate, business partner, Darcy J. Smythe. How are you, legend? Very, very well, mate. Glad to be here again, as always. I'm Keith, yes. the guest. Yes. Long-time listener. Also an absolute legend of a lad. Mr. Daniel Vonhoff. How are you, my friend? Hello. Yes, I'm good. I'm a little bit nervous. I've listened to you guys so many times, and now I'm actually on it. And I just yeah. feel, feels a bit surreal. See, yeah. I, I disagree, Dan. I know you say you, ha- you haven't been on the podcast, but I'm, I could not, I'd bet my house on it that you have been. Um, so You're saying that I, Dan has forgotten being yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I reckon he's laughing at that. I'm, I'm sure he was episode four or five. I'm so What's sure. What's he doing, just bluffing? Just for the yeah. hell of it? Yeah, he's trying to just make me bet my house on something. And I'll right, do, I'm going to look while it. you talk. I'm looking. I'll take, I'll take that bet. Yeah, looks like you've yeah. just won yourself a house, Dan. So yeah. congratulations! I think it's done. I'm, I think I've been mentioned a few times, but that's that's about it. Yeah. Oh, that's even better been. than being on. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Actually, on that, lads, here's the thing that I think is very true of podcasts, and I think why there's a massive attraction to them, and every uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry's got himself a podcast. Mm. It's quality content. Because you can feel like you're a part of the conversation somewhat, even if you're not physically talking. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It's like mm-hmm. you're in the same way if you're in a, you know, you're hanging out with a bunch of people, maybe you're an introvert, maybe they were talking about a topic that was way over your head, but it was an interesting listen. It, it feels the same, you know, you're listening yes. to a conversation. But it would be weird, you know, like I'm sure there's a bunch of people because, of course, we've referenced Joe Rogan 3,700 times on this podcast as well. There would be people, I'm sure, that eventually get onto Joe Rogan and it would be like that breaking through the fourth wall of like, oh, I've listened to you talk for so many hours. Mm. Now I am the one adding the other end of the conversation. That must mm. be a weird feeling for people. Yeah. It's interesting, Dan. You said you've, you've listened to every single episode. Maybe. Will, will will you listen? Oh, yeah, but don't tell that. The listeners, <laughs> they want to know that you listen to every episode. Uh, I, would you listen to this one? I think I will. I think I'll listen back. Yeah, good yeah. call. I, do you the boys mo- ever listen? Yeah, the, yeah, most, I the yeah. most I can handle, the most I can handle is around about eight minutes of our own voices. That's, no, yeah. yeah. And I listen to it for a bit of feedback to see how it's come. I'm always interested in how the microphones sound. I'm always interested in going back and listening to something that was said and I remember feeling about it a particular way whilst in the moment of the conversation. And I want to hear what it would be like to have heard that as a listener. But other so than just, that, um, yeah. A psychological um, reason for going back and listening. I can't yeah. do it. I, I'm too uh, critical of myself. Every time I express yeah. something poorly or not as well as I wanted to, I'm like, ah, oh, that's rubbish. So I just you know, don't, I just don't even do it. I just ignore it now. You know what you should happen. do? You should, li- you should listen to yourself in your headphones 
and then record your critiquing out loud into a microphone and then create a new podcast out of that <laughs> and then listen to that and then critique your critiques. Like the podcast <laughs> goggle box. Yeah. 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 Can we do like a, a YouTube reaction video to this, yes. to this podcast? Yeah. 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 That could be no good. good. That yeah. could be good. Uh, I'm keen for that. No, I listen to it because uh, shout out to people that have like producers of podcasts. Makes a lot of sense because when you got to upload it, you got to put the little like show notes in. So I'm doing mm. a better job of writing the notes as we go. You so are. I'm like, I'm yeah, like, hey, hang, on, hang on a sec. That's actually a good talking point. I could put that in the show notes. Uh, otherwise I have to listen to it and, and rethink of it. So nice. anyway, what would you describe? What would you say that would be as the first show note, lads? Because that was that was a something and I don't know what to um, call it. Pointless introspection. Oh, no one's going to listen to no, that. Every, what, every, <laughs> call it every Tom, Dick and Harry as one of these. Yeah, actually, think, out, of that, out of that, out of that, to someone. Oh, who's can we talk to Dan, creative. please? Yeah, yeah, let's go to Dan. <laughs> Talking to someone who's actually creative, because this is why we, we wanted to open up this chat, and this is why we think it is actually a part two of the knife edge. Dan, you're one of the most creative lads I think I've ever met in terms of two things: um, ability to have a vision and then execute against the vision. But number two, you have a very uh, you're an almost perfectionist. So you want to do everything the best you possibly can. And it appears that creative people that do the best they possibly can and uh, can have a vision and execute do pretty well in this life. But I reckon there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff to chat about within those areas. But then why don't you kick off, mate? Tell us a bit about you. What's your backstory? Yeah, because, I well, before this, I mean, you, you talk, yeah. You contacted me pretty recently in the, in the last couple of hours. I was like, I better write some notes. Otherwise I'll get way off track and I'll like forget. It's like one of those things when people ask you like, what have you been up to lately? And you say like, not much. And you say, hang on, let me take some notes. Yeah. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Like I've been up to heaps of stuff, but it's just that initial thing. So I'm like, anyway, I'll, I, I made a few notes. Um, so yeah, I've been a professional photographer for the last decade. Um, mostly doing weddings, but I've done a bit of everything. Um, but basically, I'm just trying to think how to summarize all this up. Uh, yeah, when I was like 19, 20, went to TAFE, studied for two years. Uh, after TAFE, I was kind of a bit, the, cre the creative uh, juices were sort of a bit, um, what's the word? I guess education kind of- Sucks it out of you. Yeah, sucked me out, like, yeah. Sucks you dry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you feel exactly. about that diff in the education system? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, take agree that more. diff. Take that diff. Oh, yeah, like I'm the problem. Like I taught Dan. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think it was invaluable. I think, like, I, I you know, I, I really think it was what I needed at the time. But I mean, after all of that assessment, like at the end of the year, after having so much of it, it yep. just felt like, oh, I need a break from doing stuff that felt, you know, photography related. Um, but a friend of mine who I met there had booked a few weddings, like to photograph, and she asked me to come along. Um, shout out to Lucy Sheedy, good friend of mine. And then, um, yeah, so she wanted someone to come along. I, I went along for, you know, a, a few weddings and then it wasn't long until we actually sort of made it officially a business as Dan and Lucy photographers. So it was like a joint thing. And then we did that for until what, from 2011 to 2015. Um, and like doing lots of all, all, all sorts of different, different things in between then, like doing real estate and commercial stuff and things like that. And um, I guess just, just getting and networking, like getting to know as many people as we could in the industry. 
And then we made the decision like 2016 to go, okay, we're going to do our separate stuff now. We felt like we've got all the gear we need. Um, I guess the reputation we need to go out on our own businesses because it made sense. Like we're always just like just friends and our, our whole point was to go, um, I guess, build the foundation and then go and do our own things. We both had sort of aspirations, different stuff. I want to do some traveling. Um, she always loved doing family photography. So she wanted to have a bit more of a balance of that sort of stuff. So yeah, we, we sort of did split, did our own things in 2016. Um, and that was a massive year. I think I might've met Steve either then or maybe might've been late 2015. But yeah, I um, think it was around then. Yeah. So I made the decision of this is a big kind of leap for me going into the unknown of myself. Um, uh, and I was like, I'm going to get a studio space downtown, or, you know, an office space and make as, I guess, make, make as much noise as I can to try and get, you know, business like to go, you know, I'm gonna, I've got a space, I've got to advertise that. So that year was pretty crazy because I just did as much as I possibly could. I literally signed the lease on that. I think I walked down around all the businesses near where I was downtown. And I, that's when I ran to Steve because I went in there and I was like, hey, where'd you get these lights from? Because he had all these lights in his office that's and right. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I did that. Yeah. And then um, that same year, I, did a, I decided to do a, a, a photo a day project. So basically on Instagram, I took a photo every day. And I tried to push my creativity as much as I could. And I called it a leap with Dan because it was a leap into the unknown of like what I was going to be doing that year. And it was also a leap year. So there was an extra day in there. So I was like, not only is it 365 photos, it's going to be 366. So I'm like, I'm going to one up everyone and do that little bit extra. <laughs> um, so that was something that really pushed me forward. Not only was I having to, I guess, find business um, kind of from scratch. I mean, obviously I have a bit of a reputation from the Dan and Lucy days, but uh not only was i doing that i was also pushing myself creative like creatively to try and make photos every day and, and try and get better and better so that's yeah basically how i tried why'd to, you why'd you choose to do that right like you would think you're diving into business um you got to generate some revenue or you got to continue some revenue you had a bit of a base there going right yeah. sometimes people might willingly just throw all of their effort into that because it's got maximum utility, right? But I think there's this thing where your ability to do utility type work increases when you've also got a sideline creative project. That appears to be true. But why do you, why do you, why'd you choose to do that at the same time? Was it a marketing thing or would, were you genuinely like, I need to have something that pushes my, pushes me creatively? I think it was a bit of both. I definitely want to, to kind of leverage that extra attention on Instagram to, to bring me into weddings and things like that. Um, but really it was just like, yeah, to challenge myself and make sure that I was being accountable to doing this thing that I said, set out to do. Like I was like, I'm going to do it at the start of the year and I'm not, you know, I'm going to do it. Like I'm not going to get, you know, till June, July and whatever and be like, oh, I've had enough of this. Um, so it was just doing something. I wouldn't like, I'd say kind of hard, but not, you know, I was putting a lot of effort in, so it made it hard, but like just yeah. doing something hard for the sake of it, because I was like, I want to do something hard to push myself to keep me accountable. So yeah. And also so I can track it as well. So I can like look back on it. And I, I now I remember anything that happened in 2016. I know exactly when it was because I remember it was that year because I have a photo of it. Like it's all very, mm -hmm. you know, so which is, it just felt like the right time to do it. Um, and because, yes, I worked really hard that year to get, you know, as much, much as I could. I had a few bookings and things like from the previous year and whatever, but, you know, um, basically from that going into 2017, I booked like over 30 weddings, like just from all that work, which is like, I think more than we ever did back as Dan and Lucy days. 
Um, and then for the next few years, yeah, same kind of thing, just putting, yeah, um, I guess, yeah, just building and building, doing more and more work. Um, I guess one thing I would like to say that I was really, I was super heavy into like investing into myself. Like I was going to workshops and um, I guess like, you know, there's workshops in Perth and Melbourne and everything. I was flying to them to really like up, upskill myself as much as possible. Um, I guess if I'm relating it back to this pursuit of love podcast, I was really pursuing that thing of like, I didn't really care about profit um, as long as mm. I was making enough money. I remember Das, you said this like a couple of podcasts ago about like you worked out how much money you needed to live yeah. and you were like, you know, just going to work that out and then go invest it all back into myself. And that's what I was yeah. doing like every year for the next you know few years. And basically, I mean, I did that until probably 2018, 2019 kind of thing. I was going hard. I still am doing it now. And then of course, 2020 was said to be a really good year. Hmm. And then we all know what happened. So we're not allowed yeah. to say the word, are we? Because otherwise it'll get blacklisted in the podcast. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true. So yeah, we, we all know what happened in 2020. We, <laughs> yeah, all we, know don't, we don't need to talk about it anymore. But anyway, yeah, it was going to be a great year for me, like financially and everything. Um, I finally felt like I could sort of, I don't know, um, rely, I don't know what I'm trying to say, rely less on... Um, yeah, I don't know. It was going to be a good year anyway. So that kind of happened. Uh, big spanner in the works. Had to postpone a heap of weddings. Uh, previously, in we rewinding back to 2019, I worked with a, on a film with Matt Gall, other star from the from the podcast here, who the actually original met really producer guys. of the podcast. That's right. Shout out to Matt. Yes. So we he asked me to do because originally he was doing video work for you guys and everything, um, and we become friends through all this sort of stuff. He asked me. You know, he's obviously off chasing film aspirations now in Hollywood. Uh, but he asked me to do, but basically be, be a part of the film, be the cinematographer, director of photography for the film. Um, and we worked on that at the end of 2019 and then into 2020. So it was kind of that good time to, to really upskill myself in that level of things, like the video side of things, like film and everything like that. You, said that, you said that word upskill a number of times now. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it seems like everything that you've done over that period has been upskill, 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 upskill. Like yeah. that's not normal. Like my, I'm, you know, I, I, I like to upskill, but it's not my, it's not my North star, you know, what is it? What is it about upskilling that you find so important? I'd love to, I'd love to hear everyone's I, kind of opinion on this. I think, well, for me, I was just thinking about this before. I think when I was like 21, 22, I remember thinking, oh yeah, I'm getting like enjoying this wedding things. Won't, won't be long until we're, you know, charging ten thousand dollars for flying around the world and everything. Like it'll be really, really soon. And then I kind of got grounded maybe like a year later, and I was like, hang on, this is going to take ten years. Like it's not a simple overnight process. And like, and I was kind of like, realized like that's okay. Like when I was a lot younger, I used to think, you know, it has to be an overnight success kind of thing. So I think we all have this this thing of like overnight success. It's a bit of a you know a myth. And then back then I realized like, it's just going to take a decade or, you know, whatever it is, like things aren't easy like that. Um, mm. and, I and, just that knew, and that led you to upskilling. Yeah. I just, you just knew, knew that, that you just had to get better over 10 years. Yeah. I just had to get better and better. I mean, it wasn't necessarily, you know, 10 years, like a, that time frame, but I just knew like all that really matters. Like I felt like in this industry, like being a creative person is being good, like being good at what you do is like mm. the most important thing because I mean, yeah, we can we can debate whether this is with um, 
this is true or not, whether it's a business decision, you know, I, I could argue that maybe other business decisions would be far more profitable. But I think long-term, I, I prefer to be, you know, get as good as I can be and then just get that little bit better. And then that's how you progress, you know, so. You can't stop either. I mean, you're in a field... I used to do I used to do film and TV before I got into education and man after 2 years of not being in it at all the 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 whole area had changed so much people were talking about stuff I didn't even know what they were talking about you know I I left when we were still using tapes mini DV tapes yeah. and it was and and within a couple of within within probably a year they had just disappeared like that instantly you know so you can't stop and I think it's an illusion that other fields don't have that same level of change mm. it's just that you feel it more if you're in the digital technology space because people keep, keep pushing that stuff to you mm. you know i just went out as a, as a bit of an example i just went out and bought some fencing stuff and a gate for the farm because i'm getting some sheep and i need to just put a paddock in mm. and these guys out there it was awesome i mean this was you know out, out in the sticks and this is an old kind of rural rural um goods kind of store and they're just writing it all out on with you know pen and paper and they've got the calculators and <laughs> and they they can keep doing that that's not a problem because their customer base doesn't need anything different from them but even in a field like that that you think has got nothing to do with technology you can see how quickly things change so mm-hmm. upskilling is I, I i i think it's i think it is business dan i, I mean i can't see how people you you can get away with that upskilling for a while but then all of a sudden you can just look around and it's too late. Like the amount of content that you need to learn, the amount that you need to grow in a short amount of time in order to be able to keep operating. It's huge. How lucky are we in 2022 as well, where you can almost do that as part of fun. Like for example, one of the best ways to exercise is play a sport that you love because you're enjoying it. It's you're having a ton of fun doing it and you're getting fit while you do it. Right. Like you said, Dan, like you're always listening to stuff. You're always listening to podcasts. How good that the education of yourself and the development of yourself you can do in a way that's really fun to you in 2022 through YouTube videos, through podcasts, through all of it. You know, Steve, how much do we learn and diff yourself as well? How much do we learn literally every time we play a board game? We mm. think, oh, that's something we could actually include in yeah. Outbound. Totally. You know, so there's such fun ways to learn in 2022 and develop yourself in 2022, which means not only is there not really any excuse not to, but what kind of why wouldn't you want to? Like, there's great ways to do it for you out there. Yeah, I love that. I think what you're tapping into there, Das, as well, is a is a an important ingredient, right? Like, I reckon you could easily respond to the word upskill and go, Ugh, just as much as you could go, heck yeah. Like, the, the, I think there has to be, you know, again, going back to pursuit of love, there has to be a desire or interest to do it as well. And then when you get both simultaneously, it's like you've discovered the world's best hack. You're like, mm. flipping, I'm getting better at this every single year, but I do this for free. Like yeah. I get energy by doing this. So it's like, I get energy, I make stuff, I'm getting better. What, where's the catch, you know? Well, mm. well, obviously some people think there is a catch. So what do you, because, because you started out this by saying not everyone likes to do this. So what is it? What's the obstacle that's preventing people from upskilling? Well, I think it's, I think they associate it with a classroom. I think that's oh, part of it. Back on but, your education. Okay. No, no, <laughs> but, but you do, no, but, don't you? When you think of upskill, you think of like, I don't know, 
I'm going to a place to be taught by someone how to do something. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is so- this, which I think is this, like, and I'll throw my cent- two cents in here, Diff, because you've probably got a way better way of act- articulating what we're trying to achieve here. I think it's that, Das, like the setting of like, um, like when you get the, when you, when you paint the picture of like sitting in a classroom, right? Like that immediately paints a picture of a certain type of environment, which is yeah. where, where my yeah. mind went. No one goes to uni for the lectures. No, right. Oh, that's maybe, not true. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I did. <laughs> so yeah, I think look it's how the that feeling. Out, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think the feeling, I think the feeling. I'm I, think, kidding, man. I'm I think we can agree on this. I think the feeling is, oh, but that means I have to either forego or forsake something else, or I'm not where I want to be otherwise. Example, right? Dan's, I'm just painting a picture of Dan's world. Dan's editing a video at 12.30 a.m., like trying to learn how to get better at editing. And all of his mates are like at a gig drinking beers and yahooing. And there's some, there's like, uh, I had to forego or forsake that other funner thing to pursue something long enough to get good at it. Like I think mm. get Kobe Bryant, you know, shooting hoops and his whole thing was like that mumba mentality. It's like, no, you pursue one thing to a level of mastery and forsake the rest of it. And so I think where some people get the, the slipstream, if we can call it that way, mm. is when they're like, but I do it because I want to do it at the same time, not Mm. I've got a mumba mentality because I have to, to forsake everything else. And I would rather be partying with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting given the comment you just said, Diff, about, you know, being in the lectures, being there because you want to, that you experience that type of learning and you don't even really care so much about what it is you're sacrificing. The reason I give the example diff is like, I went to uni, not for the lectures. I went to uni for what happens after the lectures for the, for the pub you go to on a Friday night and whatever. And what's the least amount of you, least amount you can do to get that passed. But you're um, interested in psychology. This is what I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I, you were yeah, interested yeah, in the, the topic. The, yeah. The psychology I studied, literally the psychology I even studied the first book. I've even got the book is right there about 10 minutes to my left. The first book I opened on psychology when I was 10 years old. And all the study I did of psychology that I was genuinely, truly interested in, I did outside of whatever the lectures were teaching me. I didn't, okay, so, I didn't love it. Yeah, so I guess that's that's a point and maybe go back to Dan on it. Like the upskilling that you did, Dan, I'm assuming it wasn't presented in a really stale, boring way. And it also wasn't pointless stuff that was outdated, you know, which is what the classical kind of education or the standard education sure. approach is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I always like to say um, progress is expensive it, yeah. it, depending on if that's money or if it's time or if it's, you know, any of those mm. kind of things, progress is always expensive because even if it's like real progress, because that's great. Um, yeah. A lot of this upskilling, I guess would be uh, going, going to photography conferences and then hanging out with like all the people afterwards. Like if there'd be an after party, I would go and talk to, the most successful people in the room. I go and like just going up and that, hey, how you going? I'm from here. Like blah 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 blah. Like, you know, and meeting people like that. That that's that's expensive in the sense of like, well, it's obviously your time, but also like, you know, courage to go and do that kind of stuff. Like mm. a lot of people aren't willing to go and do those things. Yeah. They aren't willing to, you know, they, they think they don't need to. They think just just all those kind of reasons. And that that's the kind of stuff I was doing. You know, obviously, um, 
yeah, being in rooms with people is, is, is massive. Um, you know, but people always say, don't be the smartest person in the room, all that kind of stuff. So surround, your people, surround yourself with people who are far smarter than you. Mm. Um, and just all those kind of things. I mean, that's how I, yeah, that's how I see it. So you didn't ever see the upskilling process as a sacrifice of something that you didn't enjoy. It was just, this is actually what you enjoyed. And, and look, there would have been 50 ways to upskill yourself, but you just chose the, the best ones, like the most entertaining ones, the most enjoyable ones, right? I guess so. Yeah. I never, I never thought this is a drag, like everything mm-hmm. was always, you know, fun and, and I wanted to do it. Um, so that's why I'm wondering whether or not, like, could there be any other reason, Steve, anyone, about why people fight the idea of, and, and upskilling is, is a really utilitarian kind of pragmatic, uh, we're talking about a job skill here, but yeah, really- like I literally growth, imagine someone right? with a spanner or tool in their hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking about growth. So this is about people fighting or resisting growth, the hard work that goes into growth. Well, I think, oh, well, I think a million gazillion people resist it. Like yeah. how many people hate their job? have an opportunity to grow in the existing role that they're in and just loathe every second of it and willingly don't choose to upskill to get a better. They just don't like there's a, there's a massive portion of the population. I would believe they go, yeah, I could, but I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. Also the thing, like when I said about getting an office space downtown, that was part of, you know, this could fail, like choosing things that might fail. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, the last probably in, in 2020, 2021, I felt like my ability to take risks were really lowered. Like I wasn't able mm-hmm. to take risks because suddenly the risks were so infinitely like uh, this could just completely destroy me because I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. cash flow has gone out the window. So, you know, take, I was always taking risks, but now it become too much. I guess, the, well, I don't know, maybe the risks have become too much. Like maybe that's a thing, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, but no, in those years... In those years, I was doing riskier things to go, well, this could fail. And that's, that's the upskilling part. Like it's growth in mindset more than just mm-hmm. pure skills. It's more upskilling the, how you think about things, you know. Um, Do you think, Dan, it's a matter of like the discomfort you can handle at all? Did that come into the, into the fray for you? Yeah, I feel like I could handle a fair bit. Like I, I you know, the the long like I was always like I can I can work long hours like when it comes to being at a wedding or something like that I, like I'm not mm. I'm not a you know I don't need to go home early like I'm just gonna push myself I'm gonna you know if I'm not coming home exhausted I'm like I haven't given it all so just I want to be uncomfortable um when we when I made the film with Matt like it was just so you know we were uh, <laughs> I, I was probably I was always pushing I was I had to be a little bit like wary of how how far everyone else could push but I was always like no I want to push myself further and further and like let's get mm. you know let's squeeze as much juice out of this as we can um it's obviously just being mindful of other people but you know um that's I agree with that of- man I think like that's a cool that's a cool that's a cool topic to dive into like I just wrote one of my show notes here getting mm. plenty of show notes good. this is good good, good. Got get, there. Here. get there get got four so far um but like the concept of how many hours is too much because i resonate with that dan like i've always been cool with putting in the hours you know like Mm. it's let's do it like that's that makes sense you know and then the ultimate game in my mind is then if you can maximize the efficiency or you can maximize the creativity or the compounding return of those hours then you've then you're just 
double whammy. The idea is like, you know, if it takes someone 10 years to do something, but I can figure out how to do it in five, and then I can double the effectiveness of those five, I can live four lifetimes to their one. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's just, that just makes sense. That's good. But here's the problem, right? Sometimes I don't know how to stop and I don't know how to switch off and I don't know how to be, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Do you feel that too? Cause I've seen you do a gazillion hours and I'm curious, can you switch off? Do you know how to switch off? Do you know how to handle the question of how many hours is too much? Uh, I think that's the big question of how to, yeah, what, like that's the thing you need to unlock to work out where your threshold is. Um, one example I can think of when I used to do like real estate photography, like, you know, a long, long time ago. And um, it was back when there wasn't a lot of automation with editing and stuff like that. But we would, uh, the technical side of things, you'd go shoot the house and you'd come home, you'd edit and you'd have to cut out all the windows and things to get like the same, like the light from the outside and the inside all balanced and everything like that. And I would spend like an hour doing it all and, you know, spending all this time getting the editing right, practicing and making sure I could, you know, learn how to do it all. And it seemed so like, you know, an hourly rate would have been nothing. Like you're getting paid nothing to do it because it would take so much time. But then by the end, like as I went more and more and more, it would take me 10 minutes, you know, by the end, like the process. So like sitting with the thing of going, this is going to be hard. It's going to take a while to do, but your progress gets better and better. And then all of a sudden you can do it in 10 minutes. Then you're suddenly you're profitable again. People mm. aren't willing to take that sacrifice of, you know, um, doing the hard thing now to learn, realizing, you know, because return of investment might not be very good. Um, but if you push hard enough and you not like, obviously you have to know which ones to chase and which ones not to chase, but that's the idea of working out how much time is, you know, how, if it's valuable or not. When you say people, Dan, who do you mean? Uh, I guess, I don't know, anyone, anyone, uh, what do you, what's your question? How do you mean? Well, this, I often hear this when people, I you hear it a lot from business owners, hear it a lot from entrepreneurs, but it, it contrasts with what Diff said earlier. I'll explain what I mean. So often you can hear on podcasts, you can hear on motivational videos, you can hear blah, blah, blah. People aren't willing to do the blah. And I'm always like, who is people? Because what Diff just said earlier was so bang on. He's like, every industry, no matter what, needs to keep up with technology, keep up with the trends, keep up with the blah. Yeah, well, I would say everyone. Yeah, see, this is the thing. I think entrepreneurs and business owners are very arrogant sometimes, I believe. Like me, myself too. Like I I say it all the time. You hear them say things like, I go the extra mile. It's like, yeah, but do you have six kids? Because Mary down the road has six children and you have two and she works way harder than you, but she doesn't say a damn thing. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur or you you got a, I don't know, a, Instagram profile that says you won. So now all of a sudden you can say people don't work hard as they should, whatever it is. Everyone works as hard as they possibly can, I believe. And if you're lazy, that's because you're working as hard as you, you possibly can because that's as hard as anyone ever taught you to do so. Uh, hear hear me out uh, here. I got hear 50% me out here. of you. Okay. So for example, you got a lazy, lazy bloke sitting at home, right? Like Lazy Joe. Lazy Joe, right? I hate that guy. Yeah. No, no matter what, you're always gonna you're always gonna deal with the difficulty that arises. I believe you deal with it proactively or reactively. So, for example, people talk about this. They say you either pay for your health now, or you pay for medicine later. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 
So Lazy Joe either pays for his health now so he gets up and he goes to the gym. And so life's hard now because he's at the gym lifting weights that are uncomfortable or life gets hard later because he's taken medicine and needs and has bed sores and needs someone to lift him up with a paddle from the bed later on in his life because no you one else two can options. Gym you two options. Gym or obesity. <laughs> right? All I'm saying is, look, maybe that was a bit of an, an overreach before of like, if you're lazy, you whatever. I get it. But I'm just saying in general, business owners and entrepreneurs think they work so much harder than everyone else. I generally believe people, generally speaking, work damn hard in their Bang own on. world and they, they all have their own struggles. I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I think the reason why entrepreneurs have business people have loud mouths is the thing that they do, the thing that we do, the thing that I do, whatever it may be, I'll put myself, I can't speak for everyone, is we've got a scoreboard. <laughs> and that, yeah. that scoreboard is, I think, a big source of the arrogance. But I, my wife, right, Anna, like she homeschools our girls and raises, like she keeps the home. Like she works so hard flipping mm. hard just as hard as i'm working um but it's this weird dynamic of the there's so much great work that happens that's invisible there's so much valuable work that doesn't have a number attached to it yes but so, because it's in business you've got the scoreboard to show yeah, but, hey i did it if it weren't for yeah. me there wouldn't be any money to buy anything with yeah you know? so yeah like, yeah yeah no one would have a job you know or whatever it may be so like that's where I think the arrogance comes from. But I reckon if there was like a, I don't know, a family scoreboard or a- uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah, a, if, or if like nurturing love could yeah, be measured. Totally, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, hashtag nurturer now on Instagram profile. <laughs> negative negative 58,000 points. So I think when you make the distinction of, of people, like when you're saying um, people don't do this, I'm mostly talking about, I think you talked about this another another episode, um, people who are complaining. People yeah. People who are complaining yeah, yeah. about things. Those yeah, there's people, Lazy Joe. Lazy Joe is also yeah. a complainer. Because yeah. they're like, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's if you're not complaining and things are good and you're not, you know. In Jappy. That's, that's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm. But, or, you know, if, you, if you're not satisfied with what it is, you know, you've, you've got to push. You've got to do those things and make it harder if you want progression. Like, that's yeah. what I mean. Pro- progress is expensive. That's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah, it's a quality quote. You know, so yeah, yeah. good good chat. Diff, you seem to uh, you seem to light up. You threw your hands in the air when we we're having that conversation. Then what? Oh, uh... I just yeah. Um, no, I was I, only to agree, but I think that Dan Dan's really said what I was what I was planning on saying is, um, I I agree that I mean even if you think about podcasts in general, like yo podcast hosts entrepreneurs. It's like those two things are the same thing, you know, like <laughs> because because you don't you just don't generally have, you know, some grade six teacher doing a podcast about their about how to be a great grade six teacher and how to drive those KPIs, you know, like it's just it's not part of their of it's not part of their arsenal of the thing that they feel like they need to do in order to do a good job. They've got they've got a group of people that, you know, that they're talking to that are listening and, and they're the people that really matter. But you do have, I guess I just gave the double thumbs up when you said that there can be an arrogance around around that claim, that claim of, oh, people don't do this. But then I think Dan's spot on to say that any if, if anyone is happy with where they're at in, in life, it's not a problem. Like, yeah. it's no, there's no problem there, you know. And you know what, if they're happy making 60K 
and 60K is what they need to live on and they've got a great life going, they've got a great family, things are going well for them. They don't need to have your 50 side hustles to make 250K and do the hard work, you know? And I I mean, I say that because I lived like that for, for ages, you know? I was very, very happy, loving my job, loving my family, and I still am. Loving, loving this without having some other big drive thing pushing me. To be yeah. honest, the only t- reason I've done just a, just about anything, re- any of the big changes recently, is because I've been pushed, and not not pushed in a negative sense. But a lot of people have said, "Hey, you should do this," and people have said it for long enough, and I'm like, "Okay, I'll give it a crack, whatever." But if it came at the cost of my family or mm. of my sanity, then I just wouldn't do it. You know, like I'm loving doing the podcasts that I'm involved in at the moment. It's heaps of fun. It's awesome. It's got nothing to do with a hustle. It's got nothing to do with a grind to try to make a coin. You know, none of mm. it makes any money. It's just enjoyable to do. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I have to say like all of the things, I think all the things I've been talking about, none of them have really been about making coin. Like they've all yeah. been about like doing hard things because I know it's worthwhile. Yep. So like, you know, that's like everyone. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Like, um, you know, people who you know maybe they're not necessarily have a career like focused on something. You know, to to uh, to make a million dollars or whatever else, um, or they don't have a business. But people should find something that challenges them in their personal yeah. life. You know, even if it's just like, you know, like ex- like sport and exercise and all those kind of things. Those are the things that make you a better understanding of how this world works just all those things or reading or you know so that's what i mean by i guess what i went back to saying like upskill it's not necessarily about for the result of like to make money it's about Mm -hmm. just to to progress Mm -hmm. because what else Mm -hmm. is there to do like yeah 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 good you're not going forward and learning and doing things and and you know like what what are you doing yeah well this this might take me to the uh to the margot lobby darth Mm. Remember the Margot Lobby chat? Absolutely, right, yeah. You go for it. For you mate. boys, you might you might want to get is, in. Yeah, you might you, you boys might actually love to get on in on the Margot Lobby. We could. Should this I, could. Should I know what this is or not? No, no. I'm going to explain yeah, it. This, this, we could begin the crowdfunding of Margot Lobby right here now on this. Yeah, podcast. this could be and and this, awful... one of the things that these guys do is see how long they can talk about something that no one understands before someone says, "Can you just explain what <laughs> oh, yeah. you're talking yeah. about?" Margot <laughs> Lobby, come on. Yeah. So the Margot Lobby. So me and Das, we were uh, we we're in Adelaide. Uh, we just finished hanging out with some businesses and. Uh, to celebrate, we enjoy a good whiskey. Me and Das love a whiskey. So we went to this whiskey bar called, uh, I think it was Peel Street was, or something like that. Yeah, it was called, it was called um, Peel, Peel and Malt Store or something. Malt, Malt and Juniper. <laughs> yeah, just add add just a name and another name and one of <laughs> love those, those ones, names. You know, so, <laughs> so it's called uh, Jupiter and Mars. And um, so we had a whiskey <laughs> and we, we ordered the, the best whiskey we could find. If you, you'd like this, actually, it was a Lafroig 27. Lafroig 27. And remember when we had the Lafroig 30? Oh, on I changed your my birthday. Life. Yeah, 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 my 30th yeah. birthday. So I yeah. said, Das, we got to have one of them. And it was like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he, did, on, he didn't just say that. He literally told the whole story of your of your 30th. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he's like, mate, this, we'll never find a Lafroig 30. Because I think Lafroig 30, let's let's do the numbers i think it was like 220 dollars a nip isn't it or something like that for yeah. a lafroig 30 so. for, yeah. for, a, for a little you know 30 mils of it i remember the lafroig 27 was 110 110 dollars a nip and i said to steve 
wow, look at that. And he, and then Steve said, yeah, for, for Diff's 30th, we did the we did the 30. This is the closest we'll probably ever find to a 30. So I say we take the opportunity right Absolutely. now to put this in our guts. In our mouth. And we did. <laughs> and we did. And uh, we got chatting with the, the owner of the whiskey bar. He was a, mate, he's a, he's a pursuit of lover, if you've ever seen one. Just yeah, froths whiskey. Runs a great business. So me and Dars had this idea, right? So our, uh, our, our, our missus loves margaritas and me and Dars love whiskeys. So we're like, imagine one day we opened up a whiskey bar called the Margot Lobby, meaning you can get two things there. You either get whiskey or a really good house margarita. That's it. Like two, two options. And we purposely ran it at break even, meaning if we ever made profit, we had to put that profit back into the business, either by giving away like Lafroig 30s for $20 a nip or just like giving away whiskey. Like yeah. we had to run it at break even. Like we could not allow ourselves to make We profit. would never take a single dollar out of the business and put it in our own pocket. It is whiskey by the people for the people. Yeah. We had an idea we, and I, I legit back it as an idea. I think the Margot lobby would go off. Yeah, it would. Are you taking? It, are you taking a? You, you're taking pay for it, a salary? No, like we nah. pay our staff. We pay our staff. We pay the people there. Yeah. The people that are working there just love working there because they love whiskey. We literally any money we make, we put just put straight back into the business. So you're just talking about a not for profit. A not for profit. It's a not for. It's a not for profit whiskey bar. bar. Yeah, you go. Yeah, there you <laughs> <Hell> go. Yeah. <laughs> But how good that how like imagine the vibe and the environment that would be created in there if people knew that what they were spending money on was going back into the place they were giving it to so that the next nip they could have would be better next week. Pretty good. That's that's pretty cool, right? So that's the uh, that's the idea, and, and um, we are. But, yeah, it's crazy. I think I think we've officially launched it. Uh, welcome to. It's margolobby.com.au <laughs> why is it called the margot lobby well uh well i mean it's obvious isn't it margot margot robbie like so you you just chose a random <laughs> famous person's name changed a letter and said this will be the name of our whiskey bar well it actually yes. came it actually came about because there's a particular golf club called a lob wedge which is like the one that just goes if you hit it it's even higher than a pitching wedge it just goes straight up in the air this right? is getting so, worse this is making no, less great. sense there no, you go so further and further we, away we used to call margaritas margot robbies and then steve got really good at hitting this this particular club in golf so we called it the margot lobby All right. and then we're like right that's there we go that's, that's good that's and the good. lobby the lobby is the place oh yeah, it's, it's like a lobby Lobby. You start it, I'll go there because it'll you be the cheapest whiskey in town. Like, why would you go anywhere else? Oh, exactly. You get, so you'll get all of the. Hear this conversation. This would, these would be the conversations happening around dinner tables. Diff would literally talk to Dan and go, mate, why would you go anywhere else? It's cheapest whiskey in town, but for the best. Like, that's where everyone's hanging out. It'd be yeah. so much fun. It would, and it would work. The, accountant, the accountant would have nightmares, but What's just an offer profit. That's right. fine. Run it's it fun. as a charity. Yeah. So, so the thing, what I'm getting at, the reason I shared the Margot Lobby story is, Dan, I think you take a Margot Lobby approach to upskilling. It sounds like that's what you're doing. You just like keep break even, but you just know it's going to keep growing even if you keep break even. Like, so you mentioned before at the start of the podcast, you reinvest in yourself a lot, right? That's kind of like the Margot Lobby, isn't it? It's like, all right, sweet. We, we got a bit more. We, we had a good month in business. I got ahead. I'm just going to put that straight back into the vehicle that made the good the good month. 
Yeah. Is that a fair way of saying it? That's what I've done forever, basically. It's great. Um, It just has to be depending on, you just have to work out your threshold, how long you can keep that up. Uh, Mm. I think. So how long can you keep it up? Well, personally, I, I think everyone should aim at that thing, at that model, as much as they as much as they can aim at that all the time and then work backwards from how much you can you know take for yourself because it's it has to grow that's the only like you look at everyone who's ever built something massive has done that like massive massive has done that um so true did you listen to the mr beast did anyone else listen to the mr beast episode uh for joe rogan uh, I didn't, but I believe I saw a like a out outtake clip. But he's yeah. basically saying the same thing, wasn't he? It was very he, good. It was a phenomenal episode, Mr. Beast. So for those that don't know, Mr. Beast is the, I think he's the largest. He is. I think he's the largest YouTuber ever. Like he's got like two hundred something million subscribers across all these platforms. But he's he's a beast. Like he's he's a legitimate beast. But he has been doing it for ten years. Great episode to listen to. But it was that. Same, I think you've listened to it. Hey, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I listened, yep. Yeah, so it was that same sort of concept, right? It was this idea that he would just reinvest everything he ever made back into more videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Dan, is if you can figure that out, you should aim at the maximum you can possibly tolerate. Basically, of, of yeah. That. Um, if you can get your mindset okay with that and live each day doing it then you should do it um because i think the upside of like the amount of experiences and things that i've had in in life has made me you know a much better person because of it like just mm-hmm. everything like and just and the enjoyment of everything like i basically the film that i did with matt you know um none of us really got paid for that i probably spent you know probably three thousand dollars just on camera stuff um to do it he spent you know probably less than 10 grand total, something like that. Very, very, very small budget. But the amount of enjoyment and fun and people, mm. awesome people I met through that and just the experience, um, obviously all the things that I learned from it, I'm now taking that, all the stuff to do with video straight into my business now and doing you know, wedding videos and all that kind of stuff with all the skills that I did with it. And when I say nobody does it, like barely anyone would go, yeah, I'll do a, I'll do a film for free. Like, just because I want to have fun and, and, you know, and not even for free, I'll pay to do a film. Like, I'll pay mm-hmm. to go and do this thing that other people, you know, because that's, that's the inroad for so many things. Like, working for free, paying to have that experience is what a lot of people see as that's not worth my time and energy because I want to focus on, you know, profit and all those kind of things, which, mm. yeah, fair enough. But I just think more people need to maybe go out on a bit of a limb and just go, you know what, I'm going to do this thing and I just want to do it because I love doing it. And that's like when you, you know, this whole pursuit of love podcast, I think has originally been about that. And that's what I've been doing forever. Like I've just been like, the film was also a thing of like, I'm going to pursue this to see if I love it enough to continue a career in it. And I'm like, I don't really want a career in filmmaking, like, you know, Hollywood filmmaking, mm. but now I know that. Like, I'm like, I, yeah. you know, I know like, and so many people don't, take those risks yeah they never get to know like you know like how many things how many people say oh i really wish i gave that a go and you know like and look back on it and regret like now i'm like well i gave that a go and i love doing it i probably don't want to commit to you know 
moving out of Toowoomba and going somewhere else and, and networking 24 seven and doing all the things necessary. Cause I just, I don't love it that much. Mm. I love doing the thing, but I don't love all the, everything else. I'm like, mm. I've done that. I learned that and I can move on. So yeah. And that's part of the fun. I think that's part of the fun is like, Das, have you like, has there been many things that you've just had a crack at just for the sake of having a crack at and then moving on? Um, in business, you mean, or in, just life, in life in general? Yeah, in life. Um, I've always been the type of person who I love what I love. Hmm. And then I, I, I don't, and you obsess and I obsess and I don't venture too much further out. I just go further and deeper and deeper. Like I'm a bigger Sydney Swans fan this year than I ever have been. I'm a bigger Milwaukee Bucks fan than I ever have been. I'm a bigger fan of growing gamification and outbound than I just possibly could be. Yeah. I, and and they, those things consume me. And, th- and then yeah. I just obsessed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Golf. Like, so man, golf. golf. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Over the count top. me in for golf. Basketball. We'll play, like, yeah. we'll, we'll play in foot, foot deep monsoonal weather, but we still have to play golf. You know there you I mean? go. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Like, I got, I got my five things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 Because yeah. 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 I think there's a spectrum, right? The reason I'm asking. Sorry. That's all good. I'm going to adjudicate this. We're going to go with Dan. Go for it. I was going to say, you haven't always... Have you always loved those five things? Yeah, I really have. I've loved the brain since I was 10 years old. I've loved the swan since I was four. I've loved the bucks since I was 20. Um, as well, soon as I... That's what I mean. 20, like it's, you, you found it at 20. You didn't love it when you were 10. Like, well, yep, yep. That's fair. That's fair. Like, um, only because so, I was just never shown it before that. But yeah, yeah. So you found it and then you went, I'm going to try this thing. And you've probably forgotten about all the things you didn't, you know, you went for and then went, oh, whatever. Like, because you've yeah, gone so Yeah, deep. that's fair. That's, so that's, you, a, that's, so a go, fair that's what I mean. Yeah. Find it, go deep and just keep going. Like, hmm. you know. The reason I was asking, the reason I was asking is I think there's a spectrum. I want your perspective on this, Diff. Like there's a, there's a spectrum of, Try a bunch of different things to know what you love and are good at. Then the problem is you realize, uh, can't get good at all of them. So then you have to forsake something in order to pursue something else. And that's where Das has figured out his things and he can just go deep on four or five things, right? Where Mm -hmm. I'm the sort of guy that I want to create a hundred different things to find the one that pops. Like that's fun to me. Um, would you agree there's a, some sort of spectrum there, Diff? And, and Wait, can, I ask, that... can I ask, Steve? Sorry, yeah. sorry, just to clarify that. Did you say just then, you because you are, you're a creative guy. Like I said to you in that message last night, I'm like, you're just, at the end of the day, you're just literally the most creative bloke I know, right? Like, so you'll just create a lot of stuff. Your fingers in, you got 11 fingers in 20,000 pies. Like, there's just a lot going on at any one time. You're always creating different things, 20 different things at any one time. Too many fingers and too many pies. There you go. That's it. Um, <laughs> and then, so are you doing that? Did you just say then, just so I caught it, are you doing that so that you can find eventually that thing that really like pops up and goes, oh, yeah, this is awesome? Or do you just, in general, you're just creative and that's just what you'll do for the rest of your life? Are you searching for anything or is it just who you are, so to speak? No, like uh, my strategy has always been if I create, if I just create a lot of stuff, just a lot of any anything, but it has to be within a particular bucket, if we can say that, right? Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some sort of links I can make. Mm-hmm. 
but I'll make a hundred things in one particular bucket, knowing statistically that one out of a hundred is an actually genuinely, truly good idea. Like just right. statistically. And so you, yeah, gotcha. But playing so the you, odds. You don't, you don't care which one comes good. You're just like, I'm just going to create all of them. I'm going to create all of them. And each, each one will give me some clue or pattern to recognize when the one is the one. Do you have an example of how that's played out in the past? Yeah, like so much of it's played out with this outbound game thing. Like recently been figuring out like different random algorithms to work with um, essentially the coins and then you pay them out. Anyway, bigger. We don't need to go into the details of that. But I look back on all of the random things that I've made in the past, try to balancing out numbers and then listening to random podcasts on economics and mm. all this sort of stuff. And then you're like, what's, oh, what's the deal? What's the deal? The card, card game, game. Yep. for sure. Like so much of that. And you're like, oh, there's the through line. Oh, they all have this in common. But I often ask myself, man, if I didn't venture out into a few different weird buckets, would I ever have seen that pattern? You know what I mean? So like there's, there has to be a volume game to me. Anyway, that's how I, that's how I roll. Like I, there has to be a wide enough spread of ideas with a high enough volume, knowing statistically one out of a hundred is probably a good idea. Mm. Um, so my idea is like, how can I filter through those a hundred ideas in the quickest possible fashion? That's the game I play. Mm. Yeah. And how do you filter? I'd play a three times rule. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. If I hear the same thing said three times, I research it. Or if I get the same piece of feedback three times in a row in a short enough time period, I almost mark it as 90% truth. Mm, and then cool. I use that and I go, all right, I reckon that's 90% accurate. I'm going to use that as an assumption on the next creation. Yeah, you know nice. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Some of the best advice I was ever given was by Marshall Thurber. Um, and he said, it was a business consultant mentor. And he said that no matter what, and you'll, you'll like this diff, no matter what, you're always operating with every action that you take or anything new you start, you'll always be operating with an assumption, with a hypothesis. You can't operate without one. Yeah. Even if you're going to the pantry to make toast, your hypothesis is that if I eat this, I'm not going to be hungry anymore. That's my theory. And then you've just got to test that theory. But at the end of the day, you don't know whether any theory is ever... 100% true. You've just got to start with one and test. Essentially, mm. that's what you're doing with that theory is if I hear it three times, my theory says chances are that's going to be more true than it won't be. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the number three, and this is the weirdest thing, right? People ask like, you know, probably no one asks, but people literally might ask, where'd you get the three thing from? Because I've also got another idea in my mind called stop losses. Yeah. So I will, I will allow myself to fail three times at something. But if I hit the third in succession in a row, I abandon it as a loss. Mm. And people go, where'd you get the three number four from? It's just my favorite number. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just what I've picked out. It's like, all right, if this does three times, that it'll, I'm going to do it that way. And it's actually paid off a lot because it's, I don't know, it's a long enough number that it's got something, but it's short enough that it rolls. It's just weird. I think you have, yeah. like... You you know the formula, Dust, that we're working on yesterday. You yeah, said why did three. why did why did you multiply it by three? Mm. 
part of that is just that's my default. I just put a multiplier of three of everything and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like it's it's weird. That won't that won't make sense to how many times did uh how many times did um Anna reject you before she before she went on a date with you? Did um, you say you had to try real hard? Like you, you had yeah, a crack yeah. at yeah, He broke his rule. Yeah, bro, <laughs> yeah. that was 3,700 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I knew it was the one. Right? Was but the third wedding 3, was the good one. <laughs> 3,000 times. 3,000 times. Anyway, that's a do you think, um Do you think you have to have a good relationship with looking back? Like, because I, I find like I live a lot, besides like what, my, what I do, like my you know, photographing people's weddings is, is looking back and preserving what's behind you. I think one of my biggest weaknesses, I'm always stuck in the present. I don't necessarily look, look forward a lot and I don't look back a lot. I, I, mm. I stick right in the middle. Like I, I stay right in the present as much as I can. And then I think by you saying that you're looking back, you can recognize when those failures happen. I tend to just forget about them. I think that's a weakness for me. Like That's interesting. I want to go, I want to do a quick fire around the room here because I think you're tapping yeah. into something there. Show which notes. will be show notes <laughs> actually thank you yeah i need to write that write that down i think that's spot on dan because here's the thing i spend most of my time most of my existence in the future you just mentioned before that you spend most of your existence in the present right the only reason i'm looking back is to propel going forward that's the only reason i care about the past it's like what can i learn from the past to get to get me some fast tracking and in, into the future i'm really curious to know where we all sit and it might reveal a lot about our assumptions our bias mm. how we go about creating how we handle the knife edge going back to last week's episode mm. so dan's in the present i'm mostly in the future diff where do you where do you spend most of your time would you say it's the past being someone who cares a lot about history and a lot about literature and a lot about the way it was? Uh, I think one of the one of the challenges that I get from people is why to care so much about the past. And, their own, and you know, the real reason is because the present really matters. And so I would probably say that I'm in, I, I, I'm in the present just because I, just because I'm reading a book about something that happened 500 years ago, doesn't mean that I am living then. Um, I'm reading that in the present to be useful for the present. Um, and I think I have my, my negative tendency is to live in the future. I don't think everyone living, living in the future is a weird way of putting it, but focusing more on the future. I don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing, but for me, when I do it, it's a bad thing for me. Uh, and so I try as much as possible to, to live in the present. Hmm. But you have a, you have an appetite for going into the past in the same way I have an appetite for going into the future. Well, I was going to say this before you asked the question before, uh, I don't, I don't have an appetite. <laughs> I have an appetite for everything. And the past is just a really, really, really big thing. And people think of history as just one thing history. No, no, there is a history to everything. And so if you're interested in anything, you're interested in history. And if you're interested in history, it'll help you to understand what the thing is that you care about now a lot more. So Das would know the history of the swans. He cares about the mm. swans. Mm. He'd be like, oh, I'm not really into history, but he's into the history of the swans. Mm. And so mm. for me, I my answer to your question before was rather than being interested in a few things i'm just really interested <laughs> i'm just i love That's the so thing well that said. i love is learning i just love learning about stuff and so 
I'll go a deep dive on Nigerian dwarf goats being the best <laughs> money that you can spend on if you want if you want dairy goats. The Nigerian dwarfs are your best. They're the, they're your go tos, right? They're beautiful little animals. I'm into a on... Margo lobby near you. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, they are they are expensive goats. That'd be a hell of a Margo lobby, but it'd be worth it. But you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I always used to say to kids because kids would be like, "Oh, this is boring," and I'm like, "No, no, no. The topic is not the problem. You are the problem." Because everything's interesting to someone. So my goal, and this is a little bit connected to Renaissance Man conversation we had two weeks ago. My goal is just to try to be interested in everything, to find the thing that someone else is interested in because they're not idiots. They've just seen something that I haven't seen. It's my, my, my philosophy, my theology is that everything is good and everything is worth getting stuck into. So the only times that I go really, really deep on something is just because that's the thing that I happen to be going deep on right there. Mm. Um, and I care a lot about history and about philosophy, the history of ideas, because it connects to everything else, not because it's this really narrow field. Like when have you ever heard me just say, let me tell you about the particular strategies that were used by, you know, William the Conqueror and, you know, in the Battle of Normandy, like in 1066, who, who cares? Like, I don't care about that. I care about what impact the invasion of William the Conqueror had on the continuation of society because it impacts us right now. And that's the thing that actually matters. So no, I would say I'm 100% as much as possible present, which means whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to enjoy it. Interesting. Mm. Did? Uh, yeah, I, for me, it comes in two forms. If I'm thinking about myself, it's more past and present. When I'm thinking about business or creating anything, I'm always thinking of uh, what I imagine is a group of people marching into the future, mm. what are they marching into and what can I go create there? So yeah. that they'll march right into my product. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, for, so for myself, when I'm thinking about myself, it's past and present. And then when I'm thinking about others, it's what future can I help them experience? Yeah. Because they're not going to buy anything from the past. They're going to buy something from the future. Got it. So we haven't created that yet. So that's what I create. I reckon that would determine so much of how you live, work, and create. Is how much are you skewed on that pen pendulum? Absolutely. Yeah. That I was think kind it of has my point. to be. Yeah. I think I was more talking about like the personal sense of just your personal life too. Like a lot of people dwell in the past so much that they have, you know, grudges and, and all those kind of things as well. And it, it affects them a lot. And I, I very, very much don't really spend any time on anything mm. like that. Um, that's what I mean. And, but, and just like, because there's many different hats. You can talk huge, big, you know, history sense of things, how much you're interested in that kind of stuff. But just in your personal life, um, you know, in business, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just think I, I probably get too caught up in the current that I don't look back at my how many times I've failed at one thing. I, I probably need to do that a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like to measure myself a bit more to project where I'm going into the future. Because yeah, that's just my little personal little thing. That's that I was a, talking about Tyler, man. That's a mega problem of mine. Like I spend so much time casting forward what's future. I yeah. have to stop mm. and remind myself of gratitude of the progress thus far. Like it's really a big weakness of mine um which i think is like kind of what you're speaking to there 
I reckon that comes from just grabbing the laptop, Steve, raising it above your head and just throwing it at the wall, smashing it to bits and going out and hiking. You know what I mean? Like Totally, man. Like That's go, why actually, I figured like, out I have to walk like one and a half, two hours a day. Like yeah. I need that walking time to just like yeah. stop thinking. Stop. Yeah. Like just stop it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you sit there and think about, okay, let's put me back in the present now. Come on, let's get back. You're still strategizing. You're still in yeah. strategy brain, which is a forward thinking brain. Yeah, crushes um, and so I reckon, yeah, it comes from, yeah, it literally comes from spending a weekend away with six of your mates on your Ben 10 trips or your, yeah. you go hiking or you go to a music festival or you go to a footy game or whatever it is and you just throw it away knowing that when you come back Monday, you're actually 10 times better off for it, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, your, um, your three, your magic number three, Steve. Yeah. The great book called Algorithms to Live By. And uh, you're bang on. It's it's if you did a hundred, then it would be thirty seven. So thirty seven percent is optimal stopping. So if you get to four, you've 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 gone too long. If you've if you stopped looking for something before before your third, then you uh, haven't looked enough. So mm. it's I mean it is a, it's an incredible book. It's it's really looking at computer algorithms and then saying which one which ones of these would be valuable for us mathematically just to be able to think through decisions that we have to make in life. So you're looking at houses to rent. How many houses do you look at before saying, this is the one I'm going to pick? Turns mm-hmm. out there's an actual number for it, 37% optimal stopping. And of course, mm. it doesn't mean that it's always going to be right, but it's going to be right more times than any of the other times that you could have stopped. Yeah, wow. Really, cool. really yeah. interesting. Who wrote that book? Yeah, just give me two seconds. Because it's a recent be... book, isn't it? I think I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, 2016, actually. I think yeah. it's just been... I, I I read it at the start of the year, Dars. I told you, I, we talked about it a bit then. Yeah, that's Brian, probably where I heard of it. Brian Christian is his Brian name. Christian. And that was definitely the most interesting one. He started with the best material. Optimal Stopping was so interesting. It was great. Cool. So good. Is that uh, Third Time's a Charm? Is that where that came from? Yeah, yeah, there you go, I guess. Third Time's the Charm. Like, it's just something yeah. that's worked out throughout history. And it turns out that we've got computers confirming it now. Good. Yeah, there you go. Well, lucky my favorite number wasn't seven. I'd be uh, absolutely yeah. screwed. Seven number, seven time is not the charm. Okay? <laughs> seven times is not a charm. Well, on that, on that, lads, uh, that that gives me ten dot points for the show. Beautiful. Notes. Time for some four cents. Four cents. We've upgraded from three cents to four cents. Mm. Uh, Dan, you're well versed in the the sense. If you've uh, if you listened to a few of the recent episodes, we like to finish off every episode with our three cents. If it's just uh, me, Diff, and Darcy, but we've got an extra cent today, and we'd love for you to kick it off, mate. What's your one cent that you'd Something love to practical. wrap up with? It's like it's, it's practical, and that's probably what we want to. Yeah, it's just like on. if you if you could only drop one little penny into the little fountain of goodness, what would what penny would you throw? Um, don't know how much it has to relate to today. But I have a good quote from a, another photographer friend um, who spoke at a conference a while ago and he put up the quote. I don't know. I, I think it just comes from him because he's a pretty quirky kind of guy. And I, this is how I've always kind of lived by it. Uh, and that is uh, get good and be nice, then get even better and don't be an asshole. Good. Yeah. That's a good uh, set. That's a worthy <laughs> penny. That is a worthy penny. I like that really a lot. Good. So pretty simple, but yeah. No, I think you're. I think Dan. I think you are the epitome of that. You're a nice. Mm, you're agree. a nice guy, and you always want to get better. And uh, I've appreciated your friendship, man. It's been it's been so good just hanging out and get to know you over the years, in such an organic way too. Like yeah. it's like literally a knock on the door. 
hey man cool lights where'd you get them from i'm got like legit it's it's you you are the epitome of that so i think it's a great one cent what about you diff one cent for today mate I'll jump on the um, bandwagon of the upskilling conversation, which was which predominated most of it, because I think it's I just think it was a good conversation and a good a good thing to drill down into, not to think of it as just kind of professional development, but personal development, and not for the sake of some financial goal or even I'd say, almost say or even any particular goal, just because that's what life is. Enjoy growing, enjoy improving, and improving other people around you at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I agree, mate. Love it. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna tag onto that one if you all don't mind. Because the last thing I upskilled in, if you helped me a lot with this, was barbecuing and smoking meats. And I got so into it and loved it so much. I got a lamb there tonight. Um, that I'm gonna cook Could it be to, your sixth myself. thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mind that. Um, but that was the last thing I really upskilled in and really got deep into and watched YouTube videos on and, and read about and all of that. And I love getting better at it more and more. Um, and I wouldn't mind finding something new. So last week I said to you guys, I'm going to restart the garden. Um, that may, that, that may be involved, but yes, I'm going to, my, my next promise to y'all is I'm going to find my next thing. What do you think? Fantastic. Mm. The golf club is right. going to get hung up far from no, no you can only do six yeah. <laughs> it's got a trade yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought it was three um, maybe three maybe three yeah yeah that's right yeah, cut yeah, off yeah. you yeah um my my one cent is a is a combination of uh something that you said dan and the marco lobby uh <laughs> but when you mentioned um like aim at your maximum threshold like aim at as much as you possibly can of doing that thing that you just love and you reinvest love and you reinvest love and you reinvest to the point where it's as max as max as you can without having a diminishing return or a negative impact on the other areas of your life. So that that twofold concept of Margot Lobby, imagine you couldn't make money out of it, but you just did it mm-hmm. and to, to try and sustain it as much as you possibly can for the people, for the people, sort of sort of thing. And then having enough self-awareness to know what's the maximum threshold of that before it starts to get dicey. Mate, that's a that's a worthy pursuit you know that that's mm, cool. that's a good aim so mm. i thought that was a really cool chat so thank you daniel where can yeah, people you, uh, where can yeah. people uh you know uh consume more of your stuff maybe follow your leap with dan stuff if you ever do that again or like what's the best place for people yeah. to um, stay in touch probably just on instagram would be the easiest way um yeah just my name so dan vonhoff so d-a-n-v-o-n-h-o-f-f uh on instagram uh i've got a few accounts on there there's the leap with dan one if you you can probably find that through through that one somehow there's a weddings account with wedding photos on there and everything but yeah that's my main my main instagram account it's just dan bonhoff and yeah love it love it mate thanks for uh thanks for joining us and as always this podcast is sponsored by the outbound game this gamification engine that we're building it's flying lads it is flying. flying along uh crystal cubes is flying which is a which is our NFT project. I'm just dropping it at the end, lads. Yeah, go for it. We're dropping it. A, we're dropping an NFT project, and it's mm. launching in July. And there's 999 crystal cubes available. We've already allocated into the 400s, and it's been very inner circle, very quiet. Mm. And I know that the Pursuit of Love podcast fans are kind of inner circle kind of people. So the code word is crystal cubes. 
that's all we're going to tell you so far but it's uh it's a pretty big deal it's a way that you can essentially Massive. get it you can get in on the action with the outbound game which is scaling rapidly we're in six countries and we've got some partnership deals lined up it's 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 a damn exciting time but anyway crystal cubes that's all you need to know so far we are dropping an nft project and obviously this podcast wouldn't exist without the outbound game to be able to uh bring bring these legends together and uh, have a good chat on a friday afternoon we do drop an episode every friday as best we can we've been hitting the weekly episode sort of thing so far so that's good so feel free to hit subscribe uh we want to bring you good content every week um love your work thanks again dan thanks diff thanks, thanks dan thank you cheers see you, boys. We'll see you again next week cheers Bye, cheers. Mate. Bye.